you know, I know a Savior, and, it, and uh, He was given to me, and I know He's given to all of you as well. And it's through the generous giving that of God that we receive all that we have in Christ. And sometimes it sounds too good to be true, and sometimes it's like, wow, you know, I don't know how to apply that to my life, but God knows how to apply that to your life. And no matter what we're going through as individuals, I want you to know one thing, that Jesus experienced all that we will ever experience, all the problems that we'll experience, and yet he overcame them all. He overcame them all. And this goes to show just how powerful giving can be. It's so critical that we begin to understand that, yes, we're here at church to receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We're here to be discipled as men and women of God. But we're also here to be a light to this world. We're here to be an example for others. We're here to give, yes, and it's not that we would receive back from that individual who received Jesus as their Lord and Savior for the work that we did. But we're talking about eternal works. Eternal works. Whether you have a big house or a fancy car, whether you have all the certificates plaqued on your wall behind your desk, whether you have all the worldly things that you could ever experience, you're not going to be able to go before God with those things and say, look at all these things that I have. Here, let me unload my backpack and show you all the things I have in here. Let me show you the numbers in my bank account. Let me show you all the, the good things that I did while I was here on the earth. I was a hard-working man or a hard-working woman. All those things are important. But the most important thing I believe that I can do as a believer is to give. I'm not here for myself. I understand that I was bought with a price, a, a costly, costly price. I am no longer my own. I am God's property. And I'll tell you, when you get to that point in your life, you don't look at your problems the way you used to. You're, you're going to seem different than the rest of the world that's so concerned about the economic system and the political system and all the other systems that are out there that are seemingly holding everything together. But I'm here to tell you as a man of God, all of those things are going to fail. All of them are going to fail. They're going to utterly fail. But the system of sowing and reaping is eternal. It precedes the, the buying and selling of Babylon. It precedes all the greed. It, just, it precedes all of the problems that come with these financial pressures in this world right now. I want to be a man of God. I want to be his property. I want God to know that everything that I am and all that I am, I have given it freely to him. And if it is anything that he needs from me to do my part, because I can't do the part, praise the Lord, nor can you. The part has been accomplished. The part is a finished work. But my part, my part. And I'll tell you, it's the most freeing experience you'll ever have. 
Because you're not going to look at your circumstances the way Peter did in the boat. You shared a little bit about Peter on Wednesday. God grabbed a hold of my heart in that story when he was out there and he's a fisherman and he's in this little boat and they're supposed to go to the other side. That was the commandment, to go to the other side. That's all of our commandment as well. We're going to go to the other side, okay? I know this life can be difficult. I know this life can be challenging. But I promise you, 150 billion years from now, we're not going to look back and say, oh, my goodness, it was so difficult down here. We're rich beyond measure, guys, I'm telling you. No sickness, no pain, no difficulty, no nothing. We're, we're, we're destined to be in eternity with God, okay? But here's Peter in this boat, and he's worried. They're all worried. They're throwing stuff over the, over the side of the boat. My goodness, we're all going to die. And they see this person out there look like a ghost. And he goes, oh, my goodness, is that you, Jesus? And he says, yeah, it's me. It's me. He said, well, if it's you, then bid me to come. And Jesus says, come. I believe there's dispensations in the body of Christ, both individually as churches and corporately. And, and we're at Faith Builders Church in this dispensation. I would not stand up here to tell you this, and I'm going to share some examples of how I know this in a little bit. But what I do want you to know is that Peter got out of that boat. You're all going to get out of that boat too. Praise the Lord. You're going to do, you're going to see Jesus in this thing. You're going to be excited to do your part in this thing. But he got out of that boat. Remember, he's a fisherman. And he started to walk towards Jesus. And all of a sudden, he got distracted. He goes, oh, the winds and the waves are contrary. Hear me by the Spirit of God. He was a fisherman. What did he need to understand to be a good fisherman? The wind and the waves. And he knew the difficulties that he was witnessing. He, he understood those far better than you and I would. He's like, well, no, these kinds of conditions, I'm telling you. And it said that he, he feared for a moment. He fell to that water. Jesus was right there to grab his hand. Heed this this morning. For those of you who are really going to participate in what we're talking about, and I believe all of you will in some way, God will speak to your heart. But don't allow what you know to get in the way of what Christ is calling you to. You're destined to go to the other side. The other side of this thing is going to be a thousand souls that are going to come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and their Savior. And the, I, I begin to imagine sometimes myself walking up to those pearly gates. I'm not afraid of the judgment. I'm not afraid of the judgment. Because I will be wearing Christ. And we're going to talk about that here this morning. I, I will be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. A brand new creation in Him. I, I'm, I'm walking with that on. Okay? And, 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 and so you got to get to that point in your life. But I, I promise you this. The thing that I'm going to probably love the most is to either A, look back behind me and see the people that were coming behind me that I don't even know. Somehow they were reached through 
something I did in this world, in this life. And, and it could be a gift. It could have been a message. It could have been a friendly, hey, how are you? Let me pray with you. Never feel the, the Holy Ghost goosebumps or anything. The things that we're going to cross that finish line with are going to be eternal. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. I want you all rise with me, not standing, but rise with me. You don't have to stand. Rise with me in, in your mindset, in the way you're going to think. It's not going to be based on what I know. It's going to be based on what God knows and what he speaks to me personally. But he speaks to your household, you and your wife together. But I just know in my heart that God does not want us to look at what we know right now. Know what God knows. And you can know that. The Bible says if you need wisdom, what do you do? Ask. Ask him for it and he will freely give it to you. Heavenly Father, we just thank you and praise you this morning. We honor you and your word this morning. May every word that I speak this morning be of you, Father God. Just thank you, Father God, for your will to be done in this mission that you've given to Pastor Barb to love a thousand people to light. God, we have no idea of all the details it's going to take, but you do. Start first, God, by tuning our ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to us individually to do our part. And may that continue to occur in 2023 to lead 1,000 and maybe 2,000. I don't know. Maybe 5,000, maybe more. I don't know. Just thank you that each one of us will do our part to participate in this incredible vision. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Thank you so much for the keys this morning. I'm going to go ahead and get right into this message this morning. Got about 30 minutes here, and I'm going to be like an auctioneer. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Everybody put your spiritual safety belts on. We're going somewhere this morning. Amen. Matthew 5, 14 through 16. You, Jesus, are the light of the world. You, Bill, Susan, are the light of this world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for everyone to see. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out of out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Begin to think of those right now who were in the church before COVID and aren't in the church this morning. Begin to think of that coworker that's there with you every day, and sometimes you shake your head and go, there's no way that person could ever come to Christ, and they're just so 
filthy and they're just they're foul mouthed and they speak against me and they speak against God. We're about to enter a dispensation here where it's not going to be about how good you are and how great of a minister you are, but it's going to be the Christ that lives within you that's going to do the work. The work of the ministry, the ministry part of what you're doing. Because you can go and you can get a microphone and a stage and you can get some people in some blue chairs and you can just speak the word, right? But without Christ, it isn't going to work. Without Christ, you're not going to minister to that person that you're called to. It may be making your life a living you-know-what. It doesn't have to just be the difficult person because it says everybody, as you are being the light of Christ, as you are allowing that to occur, that all of a sudden it's no longer you that's doing that ministry. It's the Christ in you. And all of a sudden, because you or me, I can't save anybody. You can't save anybody. So you don't walk away from that situation and go, well, you know, there I tried to do it there, and they, you know, they didn't want to do that. And they, you know. Listen, revival is God moving sovereignly. You're the light. You're doing the work. You're in the middle of it. You're, you're there, and you are doing what God has asked you to do. And as a result of being obedient, it's not about the sacrifice, it's about the obedience in my day-to-day to continue to be the light, not to compromise who I am in Jesus Christ, but it's going to take us hearing the still, small voice. And some of us have tuned that out just a little bit. Well, they don't want to come back to church. Well, they, you know, said the wrong things, and they, you know, did this, and they did that. The word this morning before I even came up here was about conditions and letting all that stuff go. Let the conditions go. Be the light. And you are never going to be the light without the Christ in you. In fact, you'll never be the light. Even if you have Christ in you, you still have to be obedient to his will for your life, don't you? And I'll tell you, that obedience will cause such a supernatural mishappening. It'll be so disruptive, but put everything in order all at the same time. There's many things in here in this room that are undone. Undone things. If I only had this and that, then I could finish that thing. You see, it's not from this great abundance that we give. It's from the little that we have. And we begin to put the little that we have, which is not enough, into what God wants us to do. And all of a sudden, I do my part, you do your part, everybody does their part in this mission that we're talking about here this morning. And God's grace will be sufficient for it. And all of a sudden, you, you're praying for revival, right? I mean, that's what we all want. Well, what is revival? It's not me coming up here and singing a great song and us all breaking out and dancing around. And so, No, it's going to be salvation. It's going to be miracles. It's going to be undone things becoming finished very, very quickly. Be careful what you pray for. I'm just telling you. 
because it'll put you right at the right place at the right time to do the right thing, and it's like, oh, my goodness, am I really going to do that thing? Wait a second here. No, 2 plus 2 is 4. It's not 6, so I don't know how I'm going to do that, and I don't know how I'm going to cover this to cover that to get here to get there. Listen, you're already, you're already borrowing from Peter to pay Paul. You're already doing all that stuff. Start to think about the undone things. Start to think about the insufficiencies that you already have. And then begin to think about what do I have in my hand. Moses had a stick. Praise the Lord, when I was a kid, I had a stick and a rock. I was very thankful for both of them. No, I'm kidding. But all he had was a staff in his hand. And there's many, many examples in the Bible where there was just a little bit but it was more about the heart than it was about the gift. And all of a sudden, you begin to see the power of God take over that situation. The undone thing becomes not only fulfilled, but it's over the top. This is where we are at Faith Builders Church. I want to share a story. Jennifer and I uh, were in Wisconsin at the Wisconsin Church. Mike and Denise there were there as well. And and they came out, they have better faith than we do, praise the Lord. <laughs> Way better, yeah. And um, we, we had entertained the idea for two seconds and said, no, it's too hot. I spent my whole life trying to stay out of hell. I'm not going to move there, praise the Lord. And God had a different plan. And there was a time like this at Faith at well, Faith Builders Church in Beloit, where Bishop had come up and he said, listen, we're going to receive this offering. We got this building and we, we're going to, I mean, we're going to do something so big. We had the building, but it was like, we, we need like resources to reach out to this community in a really big way. And I'll tell you what, I, God grabbed a hold of Jennifer and I's heart. We're generous givers anyway. I mean, I just... I don't want, I'm not bragging on myself or any of that. I just want to be an example, that's all, and, and that's enough for me. But we're generous givers, so, so we were in this situation where it's like we didn't have the cash, but we owned a property. And we're like, well, uh, we ask God for his will in our lives. We ask God for him to do great things in our lives. We ask God for all of these things. And yet here we are today going, well, we know that we should do something great for God to help the church do what it does so we could, do, we could walk in that. It's an undone thing. That's all it is. It's undone. So Jennifer and I prayed about it, and we said we're going to give the uh, equity of that apartment house to the church. So we did it differently. Man, Bishop, you know him, man. He's just going to just put it right out there. And what he did was he had people just come right up in front of the church. He stood there and he says, okay, what are you going to give? What are you going to and, and so people were just lined up. And so we, it was our turn. We were coming up next. And I walked over to Bishop and I handed him the key to the apartment house. And I said, Jennifer and I are going to give the equity of this property to the, this fund that we're doing to reach the community. And, you know, clap, clap, clap. Only problem is that apartment house would not sell. 
So again, you've got conditions again. You see what I'm saying? It's like you, you can start talking yourself out of stuff. and you, I mean, just it's, it's the weirdest thing in the world. You get very earthly-minded rather than kingdom-minded. Long story short, Bishop announces sometime later, I am, he is moving with Pastor Gloria to Phoenix, Arizona. I'm like, what in the world? Well, something very unusual had happened before he made that announcement. Prophet Glenn Miller came to our church. He didn't know anything about Jennifer and I. And he calls us out of the crowd, and he begins to prophesy over us, and no announcements been made about Phoenix, Arizona, or anything else yet. And he says, you were going to be replanted. You were going to da-da-da-da-da, and you, and you, and you. And it's like, oh, boy, I hope Bishop's not hearing this message right now. I mean, what in the world? You know, this is squirrely, man. <laughs> Again, we went back home. We listened to that tape. Praise the Lord, there's these little tapes. We listened to that thing 100 times, and none of it made any sense. None of it. We then, and we had the apartment house up for sale the whole time. Suddenly, within a few months after that prophecy, that apartment house sold at top dollar. And we were able to, to fulfill what God asked us to fulfill. This was months, guys. It's not a week or a day or, you know... It, Sometimes you just think, oh, that Pastor Paul, boy, he's been bored with a silver spoon in his mouth. There is no such thing as that. I'm telling you. We have believed and had faith in our lives to walk every step of the way. Come and join us. But guess what, guys? You're going to have to learn to do your part to get there. I'm telling you. And it's such a joy when you get there. It's difficult when you're in the middle of it. I'm going to tell you the truth. Because you're, you're like Peter. All the wind and all the waves and oh my goodness no you know it, you're trying to figure it all out. Don't figure this out, guys. You got weeks to figure it out. You hear the spirit of God what He speaks to you, and you do your thing. That's all you do. That's your part. You do with all your heart. You don't lean to your own understanding. In all your ways, you acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. That apartment house sold. Praise the Lord. Next thing you know, I don't have a job, and Bishop has moved to Phoenix, Arizona. Perfect setup. Now, see, this is a man of God right here. He's already going, man, I can tell where this is going. He can already tell. Been there a thousand times. Gladly do it again and again and again and again and again. Don't have a job. I applied. I mean, I'm a career man. I've been in healthcare. I got my education. I can, I can get another job. Praise the Lord. Could not get another job. Door slammed, locked. 14 locks on the door, you know, do not disturb. I mean, so I thought, man, oh, man, we are up against it here. We are up against it. Never give up hope. Never give up faith. Never give up on what God told you. Never, I mean, never, never, never. Those tapes and CDs you got, somebody prophesied to you under the unction of the Holy Spirit, you go get those things out. You begin to say, God, make it happen. God, make it happen in my life. I'm no longer my own. And I'll tell you, God is my witness. I took a trip down here and stayed with a couple that was here and and uh, did some job interviews. I mean, one bad job interview after the next, man. I'm down to the last day and a half. I get a phone call. 
hey, could you quick run over and do this interview? Okay, sure, yeah, wow. What in the world am I going to do? I go over and I mean, I'm, God is my witness. I walked in that lobby of that place and I felt the spirit of God. I thought, whoa, whoa, God, whoa. You know, can I even conduct this interview I'm about to walk? That's how strong it was. Jennifer's back in Wisconsin. She's working full time for the church, running the daycare. We're living on daycare money, guys. Okay? That ain't fun. That ain't fun. I sat down with that doctor, and boy, we just hit it off, man. He said, well, hey, my partner's uh, coming in on a red eye tonight. Could you come in and talk to him tomorrow? I said, I got, sir, I got a flight I got to get back to tomorrow morning. He says, let me see if he'll meet you. He met me at like 4.30 in the morning. Not a good way to start with somebody new. <laughs> <laughs> this guy did not like me. This guy did not like me. But I knew. I mean, I called my wife that night. I said, we are moving to Phoenix, Arizona. What do you mean? <laughs> I'm telling you, we're moving to Phoenix, Arizona. Left that interview, flew back home. Time I get back home, you know, you got... Uh, people at the Bloy Church trying to stop people from coming here, right? I mean, you've got this line of people that are, are talking about coming here, and I, you get all that, right? It's like, whoa, wait a second here, Paul. You know, I know you're excited and everything else. Well, a lot of things started to shut down for, for us. A lot of things, just doors closed. Be good. I mean, I love these people. They love me to this day. They were obedient. I was obedient. It was difficult. I had to talk to somebody about somebody who was about to divide the church, and I was told that, no, that's not true. Ultimately, they pushed the envelope, and they did that, okay? I remember not wanting to talk to anyone about anything anymore. Didn't trust anybody anymore. I didn't know where to turn. And I just said, God said, start working on your house. It's okay. Start working on my house, praying in tongues all day long. If you've never done that, man, alive. I'll tell you what, man, you, you'll start. Do, I mean, it's an incredible experience because I had nothing good to say. I remember that so clearly. Nothing good to say. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. It's gonna, everything's going to be just fine. Long story short, two men from the church came over to my house. They said, we're here to help you. And I said, I don't need your help. Changed my life forever. They said, no, God told us to come here and help you. And I knew it in my heart. They helped me. We ended up uh, calling the realtor, and I says, hey, I got to sell my house. I still don't have a job, guys, okay? No offer's been made. Realtor says, I'm sorry, you're never going to get that for your house. You just, it, it's the wrong time, wrong place. You know what I'm talking about. I said, well, I don't need you. I don't need you. And I don't, to this day, I don't, it, it had to have been the Spirit of God to just tell me to say that to her. She's helped us buy and sell houses, and I, she was great. I don't need you. I don't need you, is what I told her. I went, and I put a little ad in the newspaper I put a little sign up in my front yard on a Saturday morning. This house is for sale. 
first family that walked through that door made a full price offer on my house. It gets better than that. This woman is crying at my table. Her kids are picking out bedrooms. I'm sitting there going, what is going on? This is all a true story, guys. And this is about what is, this is where we are as this church right now. Remember, it all started with us doing the giving thing, and boy, I gave all my hunting equipment away. I'm telling you. There were people that gave birds away when that thing happened. There were people that gave... I mean, stuff like, no, you got to take your cat back, honey. I mean, praise the Lord. A God is my witness, a cat was given. Just goes to show you the heart of people. I'm just telling you, you love your cat, man. That's all you got. And here, God used this. And, of course, God did use the cat to show them, you know, hey, God sees your heart, young lady. You, good job. Good job. you got great things ahead of you here. You know what I mean? Fill out some little form I got from, I don't know, Office Max or something. You scribbled something on a piece of paper. It says, you're buying this house, and here's my earnest money and a check. That door clicked. Um, they left. The door clicked, and the phone rang at the house. This was back when we still had phones. Praise the Lord. They were connected to the wall. Had a cord, you know. You, you put it up to your ear and stuff. That, I'm not joking you, click, ring. Guess who it was? Banner calling me and offering me my job here. Opening, opening, I mean, something so supernatural. So I accept the job. I come out here. I stay with Mike and Denise out here. They locked me in their basement. They deny it to this day. They have a basement, trust me. No, I'm, I'm joking. That's a long story that goes with that. But I got to their, I got to their place so generous I got to their place. I hadn't heard a word from God for months, man. <laughs> God was not speaking to this guy. And I opened my Bible. Lift your eyes to the mountains. Where does your strength come from? It comes from the maker of heaven and earth. And I'm standing in mountains. Their place that they lived in was surrounded by mountains. Yeah. Can't buy this stuff, guys. Cannot buy it. I don't care what you say, you cannot buy it. It's not about the amount I gave. It's not about the house. that I, It was about obedience. It was about my heart for my church. It was about, I mean, getting people on fire for God, seeing a movement of God, not knowing how it's going to happen, where it's going to happen, why it's going to happen. I didn't even care about any of those things anymore. Many of you have been praying for moves of God like this in your life. You're waiting for God, and you're wondering, God, are you ever going to do this? Is this ever going to happen this way for me? And I'm here to tell you as a man of God, yes, it will. Yes, it will. Thomas, where are you at, brother? Thomas, you in here? Where is he at? Thomas, I'm telling you, man, your breakthrough is coming. You know what it is, and it's coming, Thomas. It's coming. It's coming, Thomas. God has seen your heart. God has seen your heart, Tom. God is, and I'm not trying to pick out just this person or that person. I'm telling you, God has seen your heart. God has seen your heart. God has seen your heart. He's seen it. And now's the time, guys. Now's the time. Now's the time. God is my witness. Found the house we were going to move into. 
boss called me. He said, hey, how much is it going to cost to move you down here? I said, well, you know, I can rent a uh, U-Haul truck, and, you know, it will take about a week and a half for me to go back. He says, no. Call HR. Tell them to put you in, in contact with our moving company. You tell them to get me a quote as soon as possible. Man, I get this quote, and he says, I want to know everything. He says, what are you driving? I said, well, I'm renting a car right now. I still haven't bought it. Give me everything. I want it all. I give him this, this bill. It's $7,000. Young kid, man. I was just a young kid. I'm going, man, 7000 bucks, man. He had a check on my desk for $10,000 that day. No questions asked. No questions. Wasn't even asking for it. Wasn't even negotiated as part of my deal or my package. Forget your package. Go with your heavenly package. I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's real. We picked a house that, by God, we got the key, guess what, on our anniversary day. The house was still in process. We got the key on the day of our anniversary. There's so many details, and guess what? Every detail that occurred in that move was in that prophecy, and it all made perfect sense. It all made perfect sense. This church went through difficulty in 2009. You all remember that time? Wasn't that a joy? Wasn't that fun? Bank coming after everything. We just said as a church, we, we, shoot, we're not a building. We are the people of God. We, we can go to a school. We can go to anywhere. This went on for months and months. Called Bishop and I names you couldn't even begin to imagine. Threatened us in ways you wouldn't even understand. Personally. I said, I don't, uh, <laughs> I don't play games, guys. We prayed over at Elder Mike's house for weeks and months. Months. Every Monday night. Every Monday night. We prayed and prayed and prayed, God, your will be done. God, your will be done. We went out and got a lease. Praise the Lord. Had it in our hand. I get a phone call from the bank. I was the contact for the bank. Boy, was that fun. And the attorney, oh, yeah, wonderful, great, really enjoyable. Almost like a trip to, you know, the beach or something. Long story short, we, that, they had an attorney that was ruthless, this guy was ruthless. We call, they say, well, why don't we just call a meeting? We'll have an arbitrator there to help you guys remain civil so you don't kill each other. I said, okay, that's fine. Talked to Bishop. Bishop said, okay, let's go. So we go down there, lease in hand, move the church. We're, we're leaving, man. <laughs> there was no way in Bishop's mind we were staying. I will tell you that much. He's a man of God. And we went in that meeting room. God is my witness, that attorney's there, the banker's there, the arbitrator, and all of our pastors were there, and elders. And the attorney interrupts the whole meeting. Stop. You need to forgive me. God told me not to do this to you guys. God, I'm telling you, that banker's sitting right next to him, beat red. Beat red. And we said, oh, no, 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 we, we forgive you. We really didn't yet, praise the Lord. It takes a minute, okay? <laughs> we'll get there. Maybe not right now. And he says, I mean, he's weeping. He's got tears running down his face. Will you, no, no. Will you forgive me? Me? Yes, will you forgive? Yes, I forgive you. Yes, I forgive you. Yes, I forgive Oh, my goodness. And then we finally went on with this meeting, eight-hour meeting. 
back and forth, man. I mean, flights rearranged. You wouldn't even believe this meeting would not give us what we were there to get. And God is my witness, last 15 minutes, Mike, you were there, last 15 minutes of that meeting, the guy comes in and he says, we're willing to give you this, 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 and this. I would, it wasn't even my job to accept it. And I reached across the table and I said, job done, well done. <laughs> Everybody else around the table was wondering, did this really just happen right now? Exactly what we asked for is exactly what they gave us. To this day, they are the largest contributor to Faith Builders Church in the history of the church. $1.6 million, I believe, they contributed to the bottom line of Faith Builders. Huh? $2.1 million. I'm just here to tell you, God's in control. I got two minutes and a whole bunch more scriptures than I'm going to get to. I am going to get to this, these last two. Ecclesiastes 9.11. 9.11, guys, make it stick, Okay. You're in that situation, you got undone stuff, let's call 911 right now. It says, I have observed something else under the sun or the light. The fastest runner doesn't always win the race. And the strongest warrior doesn't always win the battle. The wise sometimes go hungry and the skillful are not necessarily wealthy. And those who are educated don't always lead successful lives. I love this part. It's all decided by chance, by being at the right place at the right time. You are here. You are at the right place at the right time. And I'm not talking to new people here. You want to contribute, man, contribute. You can be at the right place at the right time too. God can do a great work in you as well. Don't get in your reasoning, but it's not for you. It is really for those and I look across this congregation, many, many people who have sacrificially given to make sure Faith Builders Church is here. And I'm telling you, this is one of those times. Last scripture, Matthew 6, 19 to 24. Don't store treasures here on earth where moths will eat them and rust destroys them. And where thieves break in and steal, store your treasures where? In heaven. Where moths and rust cannot destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart are going to be as well. Your eye is like a lamp that provides light to your body. When your eye is, is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep the darkness is. No one can serve two masters. For you will hate one and you'll love the other and will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. This ain't about the money, guys, but it is about God. And it is about your heart, and it is about your willingness to go to God. What is my part to do here at Faith Builders Church? And you're going to hear many, many more messages talking about, I'm sure, miracles and signs and wonders that have occurred. And I mean things of God that God wants to do in your life. I'm just a common kid. That's all I was. Saved by grace. That's all I was. Thank you.
I just hope to know myself the way God knew me. And I hope to know God the way he knows himself. That's all I've ever wanted. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we just thank you this morning for such a time as this. Open our ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to us, to our households. May the little that we have, Lord God, become the greatness of your glory through your mercy and your grace. Thank you for the vision that you've given to Pastor Barb to reach the lost, loving a thousand people to become the light that we possess. Use us, God, in a mighty, mighty way to fulfill your will in Phoenix, Arizona. I pray all these things in Christ's name. Keep your heads bowed for just a moment. This is the most important part of our entire sermon. I hope you hear this one part. It's time to come back to Christ. It's time to come to Christ. And this is your opportunity to do that. For God so loved the world that He gave his only begotten Son. Anybody believes in Him shall never perish but have eternal life with Him. It's time for you to be filled with the light that we're talking about. You can become one of the thousand that will come to Christ by the end of 2023. Just say this prayer together with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins. I make you the Lord of my life. Holy Spirit, come live in me. In Christ's name I pray. Amen and amen. couple things real quick, guys. We uh, are going to uh, have the vision of this really spelled out by Pastor Barb for A Thousand to Light on December 4th. Giving date will be on the 11th. That's going to be a great worship service and giving service. We have a Thanksgiving meal that has been catered right after service today. So just go right on out there. You can enjoy that meal. It's a beautiful meal, beautiful setting. It's right in the uh, youth room back there. And uh, there, one more reminder about Wednesday. No Wednesday service this week, so it's Thanksgiving week. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Let's welcome Pastor Lonnie.